youtube.com slash mayhew mayhem. That's youtube.com slash m-a-y-h-e-w-m-a-y-h-e-m. Hello and welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes of Mayhem. I am your host, my name is Michael Mayhew, and I am here with my co-hosts. Larry from youtube.com slash freakout5000. And I am alongside the gay man in the Navy. What's up, everybody? I'm Dale. And I'm also here with the man who's been Rickrolled. Greg. And we are also joined by the man who sucked a million dicks. Oh, aside from Dale. Ryan Gatt also could not be joined by Nick tonight because he is currently taking his girlfriend to her fifth grade prom. I don't know if any of you have been checking up on the news. This was a sad day in the Navy world. We had an airplane go down, killing all three crew members aboard. Investigation is still underway right now as leading up what the cause was there was a description saying that there was a low level training exercise yeah that's a sad sad day man my uh, my hearts and feelings go out to that family that sucks like there was two people who were like just graduated from the naval academy one was like 2009 one was 2010 so they weren't that long into their careers it, it kind of sucks, I mean, because especially because it's the platform that I work on. It's the same jet. I mean, it, obviously, it's not the same jet that I worked on, but it's the same kind of Oh, jet. that would have really been bad. Yeah, this one, the, the thing is, is that this one is uh, the squadron that I'm going to be going to for training. It's the same one that one of their planes crashed. I wonder how that's going to work out when I go over there. And it's uh, they're based out of Whidbey Island, Washington, which is where we're moving to. And it kind of sucks because of the fact that if you were working on that plane, like, what would be going through your mind? Hmm. Like, did I do something and everything, you know? What did I would have done differently? What did I do differently? You know, why didn't this work? Why didn't they eject? You you said you work on the, the, the same type of plane, more or less, Dale. So my thought on it is you work on the safety equipment, uh, among other things. So you know more or less how all the ejection seats and the, the safety precautions so on and so forth the safety uh, protocol or whatever would work in the situation in which they would have to eject and you brought it up yourself of you know like why didn't they eject what you know what happened what went wrong as horrible as what the situation is personally i feel terrible for them for their families for that squadron and everything but i'm glad that it wasn't from your squadron because oh yeah you I know mean, every, everybody feels that way too and it's crazy because like when we found out about it we're like are you serious like when we started reading up on the news but i'll be like what happened like what you just said like i work on the safety equipment i work on the ejection seats that falls onto the people along my work and be like you know i worked on that seat what the fuck happened like why didn't they eject did i do something wrong did i take a shortcut then i shouldn't have yeah you know? it's something that would weigh on your conscience yeah until the investigation over i mean it could easily have been pilot error there have been cases of pilots blocking out and uh they said it was a low level training exercise so i mean if you're flying fucking five six hundred miles per hour and you're low level it doesn't take that long to hit the ground but granted all force upon ejection all four seats are out within 1.2 seconds but still sometimes people may hesitate freeze up and or just straight blackout and you don't have enough time to recover and so you know it's over. So say the the, the main pilot, <clears throat> if you will, say he blacks out, can any of the rest of the people in there pull something to boot all of them seats out? Oh, yeah. So and, and like all case, four seats it, can control it? Yeah, in this case it was actually she, it wasn't pilot. But uh, oh. yeah, um, the thing is, is like with the pilot, upon ejection, once he ejects, all four seats are gone. But if, you know, if he's sitting there, like, fucking controlling the airplane or whatever, and he's like, yo, you guys go, I got this. 
and like, all right, peace. You know, they pull their shit and off they go. And, you know, let's just say, for instance, the dude the backseat, it's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out. <laughs> he pulls it, you know, only he goes. So it's only the pilot that whenever he pulls, all of them go. The point I was getting to is at least it's not something that is weighing, it would weigh on your conscience because it's not part of your squadron. It's not a plane that you personally worked on that you had anything to do with, so you don't have to deal with that. I can only imagine, and you probably have a better insight to this, is uh, what they could possibly be going through, say, the people in that squadron that uh, do the same job you do. You know, they're they're questioning, did I fuck up somewhere? Did they try to eject and they couldn't? So um, what what is it your, your jets do? Uh, jam enemy radar and communications. They can easily black out a city. Two or three of them could easily just knock New York City out. So you got to think about how devastating that is overseas because they, they don't really have, like, I mean, some places do, but not all of them have places the size of, say, New York City, for instance. So one of them must do just wreak hell over there. The guys on the ground call it in, like, yo, we need you guys out here. We got you know threats they're communicating somehow we need you guys to block them and they can even find the frequency for fucking ied and blow that shit up right there like you know how they use the frequencies with through the cell phones mm-hmm. 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 they can find that shit be like oh there you are <laughs> imagine being a surgeon here's <laughs> fucking chill there you got your you got your bombs like right there in the in the trunk talking like how your plan's gonna go down next thing you know boom I wonder, like, if the phone would ring first to where they'd, you know, they'd, <laughs> they'd answer it and be like, what the fuck? Are you really? Hello? <clears throat> no, it's just like the... It, Here's your virgins, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they're just sitting there, you know, fucking hobbada 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 back and forth, and then all of a sudden the phone's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> and then they're like, Allah. <laughs> Hola, Allah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Where were y'all that one, Ryan? Oh, Allah, damn. <laughs> your, your brain works so fast, right? Like, I'm just sitting there thinking if they blow up, like, an IED in the trunk or whatever. Your brain works so fast, and if the phone did ring, you would have time for a thought to cross your mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, shit. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, oh, what? Allah, damn. better. Who the fuck has this number? <laughs> like, who the fuck is calling me now? Or maybe you're like check. You go to check your pocket to answer your phone, <laughs> and it's the one in the trunk. Since I do video games on my channel, what is your guys' favorite first-person shooter? Ryan, I'd go with Battlefield. Just Battlefield, period. Just you know. no Battlefield Three and all the ones that came with that premium and Endgame. <laughs> They're all, one, all It's all one game. game. Okay, why? Why do you why why do you think that the best first-person shooter of all time is Battlefield Three? Uh, because it's, it's got big maps, a uh, shit ton of weapons to pick from. You've got an AC-130. You've got, um, it's really slow-paced. It's, um, you capture the flag. Uh, they just put an air superiority map in. And, uh, I just enjoy the game. It's got really good maps and good vehicles. Is he clicking that fucking pen inside yes, of his pocket? Yes, and I'm surprised he got the word superiority out as cleanly as he did. You you rock the word superiority. Please lose that pen, Ryan. Please, like just throw it, throw it across the room and leave it there. <laughs> just throw it across your backyard or something. Like you can't keep clicking that. That makes the audio shitty. We're talking all time, like for a best first person shooter all time, and you you you're going with Battlefield Three. Yeah, uh, Battlefield wouldn't even be in my top ten, but it wouldn't even be in the top one hundred. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Dale. Battle of Honor Frontline. Why? Because uh, it was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I can the, respect that. 
I like the uh, just kind of the the World War Two genre. So like it even beats out fucking Rising Sun and shit like that. But uh, right. I when I got my first place, well, when I got the PlayStation Two for the first time, I got it for Christmas, but it was a bundle pack and was with Medal of Honor, and I played Medal of Honor Frontline before, and <clears throat> I just I fell in love with it. It was amazing. The the graphics then were pretty cool. It's just the storyline to it and just the the different levels and all the places it takes you and just I even like watch behind the episodes behind the scenes or whatever of how they created it and I thought it was cool and I was into the history mainly. Metal Honor Underground was my favorite one. I was really excited when Frontline was coming out because I wanted more of a I wanted a change from the previous Metal Honor games to where like it was like basically you were the only person fighting the war. Frontline came out. I was like, okay, okay, they're gonna get this AI in here. You're gonna be more involved in like bigger battles and stuff. This is gonna be pretty badass. The first mission is the only mission like that in the entire game. So like, it was a good game. Uh, don't get me wrong. I was just uh, I expected something different from it. I was slightly disappointed from it uh, because of that. Rising Sun wasn't nearly as good as what Frontline was. Uh, you Mike. <laughs> he always does that. I know, like, I know he, where this is gonna end up. He he bitches like that I say something and then he calls on me anyways. My favorite first person shooter of all time is Modern Warfare 2. I knew it. Call, call of Duty. I do it too. I had it. I was like, damn it. I knew it was yeah. going to go with. Okay, because the funny thing is I bought COD 4 the day it came out, but I didn't know. It was the day it came out. I remember, I think it was just Larry and I. James might have been there too. We were at Wal- uh, at Walmart and I think we were in the Villages Walmart. And I was like, oh, I kept seeing a commercial for this video game, and I, and and I seen it in in the case at Walmart, and I was like, oh shit, the commercials look sweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. So I bought it, and then uh, I played the campaign, and I was just like, this is the craziest shit ever. Like this campaign is nasty as hell. Then we played like four a uh, uh, split screen four player like split screen and all that shit. Then I played it online, and online it was fucking amazing. And I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest game I've ever played. Modern Warfare 2 came out a couple years later. And it took everything that was good from COD 4 and made it better. The campaign mode was, like, crazy difficult. And some missions and and the graphics at that point in time were amazing. And I I, I still think they're pretty goddamn good. I mean, granted, we're only a couple years out of Modern Warfare 2. But online was just fucking ridiculous. There wasn't... I mean, there was some problems with it. But there wasn't that many problems with it compared to games that come out since Modern Warfare 2. (laughs) Black Ops. Black Ops, Modern Warfare 3... And Black Ops 2 all have a fuckload of problems compared to what Modern Warfare 2 initially had. The only other game I would say rivals Modern Warfare 2, and I don't even think it's fair to say this, is GoldenEye. Greg, what is your favorite first-person shooter of all time? I'm going to go with Bulletstorm because it had just such an amazing amount of gameplay it was like all the best parts of early first-person shooters with all the best parts of modern first-person shooters combined into one all right larry what do you think is the best first-person shooter of all time it hasn't been made yet no i'm just kidding (laughs) he's like i'm in the process of making it It, it's definitely a toss-up like if it was just straight first-person shooter just you know like the whole grab a gun and go it would definitely be world at war because it's a toss-up between World at War for me and uh, Medal of Honor Underground. Those two are like my all-time favorite uh, first-person shooters. I guess it's mainly because I love the World War II era. Yeah, those were fun. I like fighting the Germans. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 
I love the World War II era too. My only complaint is I think it's been done to death. I think probably like first person wise, like related to COD, uh, World at War was the best, uh, most balanced game. There was a counter to everything. There wasn't something stronger to the other. It was well balanced. There would say uh, everybody complains about like the MP40 Juggernaut. You got stopping mm. power that counters that fucking Juggernaut. You're just bitching because you want to run around with Juggernaut too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's what it all boils down to. Yeah, and I ended up actually, and all of them since that game, I've run around, you know, like, Modern Warfare 2, you know, it was like the UMP, and then you had to have, like, Commando and all that shit on. I ended up finding out the class that everyone uses to, to play, like, a fucking jackass with, and I had to create one like that, so that if I got into a game and everyone was playing like that, the only way I could balance it out was to play with the same fucking class they had. Well, gentlemen, it's been fun, but unfortunately for this old bastard, some of us got to get up early in the morning. And I know, right? And, uh, yep, I I got some Navy seamen stuff to do in the morning, so then I got to get up bright and early, got to get my beauty sleep. Gentlemen, it's been fun. Uh, I'm going to get out of here now. All right, Dale, man, have a good night, man. See ya. All right. Sorry <laughs> I cut it short. I, I love you, man. Good. Yeah, man. <laughs> Y'all take it easy. <laughs> Later, Dale. You, you don't take Later. it too hard. Ha ha! Ha ha ha! On that note. Oh, got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him. Got his got ass. Him. Got his ass. Goddamn, so big. Oh, Christ. <laughs> and this next segment we like to call Ryan from the headlines. <laughs> Today's topic is. Mobile meth lab found in Walmart parking lot. <laughs> St. Clair shoppers were going to going to Walmart on Sunday were met by an unusual sight in the state uh, a state police emergency clandestine lab drug testing processing a vehicle housing a mobile methamphetamine lab. So somebody watched one too many episodes of Breaking Bad is what you're saying, and they thought it would be an awesome idea to get an RV and cook meth in it, and they decided the best place that they could possibly cook meth inside of an RV was in a Walmart parking lot. They're it's like, got all the supplies you need. <laughs> <laughs> they just went inside, bought all their supplies at Walmart, and they just never they, they never left the fucking parking lot. They're like, well, they couldn't well, wait to go home to get a fix. According to the according to the police, uh, this guy was apparently um, he was sleeping in the van. It was a Ford Windstar van. It wasn't uh, an RV. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a Ford Windstar van. Go on, <laughs> Ford the RV. <laughs> Couldn't afford the RV. Couldn't afford it. He's just starting out. (laughs) He's just getting his operation off the ground. Uh, the guy was 39 years old. His name's, uh, um, he was, uh, the reason he, the reason they found this is because, uh, someone, uh, someone hit his van while, and he was sleeping inside this van. (laughs) And the cops opened it up and they saw this drugs everywhere and stuff everywhere, all these chemists and stuff like that. So he just went into fucking Walmart, bought a stirred chemistry fucking kit inside of like the the toys section. He goes outside and he well he obviously had to have gone around and bought some glassware as well. He goes and he goes outside and he's like, uh, I'm gonna get myself a nap before I start cooking up this batch. 
He probably Googled um, it, how to start a meth lab for under 50 bucks, and it might just set <laughs> off everything at Walmart. You can buy all these supplies at Walmart. <laughs> Apparently, the cop said uh, when he opened the door, the items were in plain view, and from our training, we knew they can be hazardous. No shit. What are you doing with that Bunsen burner? <laughs> <laughs> this guy is either a science teacher at a high school or a meth cook, or both. So the man was uh, charged for cooking um, methamphetamines and charged with uh, contaminated... Uh... See, okay, how was he charged with cooking it if he took a nap before he even started? <laughs> well, apparently, I guess he had started. I don't know. Um, uh, here we go. He will Maybe now he face felony drug charges by St. Clair Police as well as uh, Star Cal County Drug Task Force. Maybe he was, like, between batches. You know, like, maybe he, he had cooked a batch and he was letting it cool. Before he broke up the, the crystal, and uh, he fucking passed out while he was taking a break. And he also has, um, he has committed a similar, he has a similar warrants out for his arrest with uh, other drug-related charges. Okay, well. like, why, why would you pick a fucking Walmart? He's like, I'll be in, <laughs> this is a good disguise, you know? Like, there's plenty of these Ford Windstar bands here, I'll just... <laughs> The odor and the smoke or whatever won't give it away. I'll just blend in with everybody. <laughs> well, depending on which Walmart, too, he had it right. I mean, quite quite possibly, but I mean, like, Walmart, of all places, why would you go into a Walmart fucking parking lot and choose to cook meth there? I'm telling you, because they had all the supplies. <laughs> he Googled how to, how to start a mobile meth lab for under 50 bucks, and it listed that he could get all the supplies from Walmart, and he was like, damn, goes to Walmart. He buys the supplies and he's like, fuck, I don't got that much money left for gas. I don't know if I can make it to a gas station. So I'm just going to cook the meth here at this Walmart in the parking lot. Get some <laughs> gas money and then go home. <laughs> exactly. Now it all makes perfect fucking sense. And they, they said that they wouldn't have found him, but then it happened that someone hit his vehicle. And then they when they looked inside the van, he was sleeping on the floor. The best part is this probably this person was probably like drunk or high when they hit him. Like who just hits a fucking car while you're sober in a in a parking lot enough to the point to where the cops need to be called. While investigating a hit and run crash in the store's parking lot. Oh, so Jesus. somebody hit him and then fleed the scene? Yeah. <laughs> That's even funnier. How much you want to bet he called the cops because he was hit? <laughs> oh, it doesn't say anything in the um anything about that in the article, but just skimming through it. I'm picking out, you know, the major stuff. Imagine if he was the one that called the cops. He's like, somebody fucked up my van, and now I gotta, I, I, even if I sell this meth, I can't get to the gas station to pump the gas because now my fender is touching my wheel. I'm gonna call the fucking cops. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're they're looking at it and they're like, your fender's touching your wheel here, and they're like, want to see if you can open that door there and maybe we'll be able to bend this bitch back. Hang on, is that yeah. a Bunsen burner? It strip says, was taken into custody while sleeping inside the Ford Windstar van that was struck by the hit-and-run driver. His ass was passed out from smoking meth, and he, he'd come down, and he was just out. Somebody crashes into his vehicle. Another person calls it in because they didn't know that he's in there passed out from coming down off his high from fucking meth. And then his ass gets arrested. Probably don't even know his vehicle got run into. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I think it's hilarious. Then that's all that would happen in Steubenville. Yeah, really. Goddamn meth addicts. All this fucking shit up. Why can't they learn to be responsible like real drug addicts? Right? <laughs> so, the last topic of this episode. Should people who commit heinous crimes be tried as adults no matter what age they are? 
Such as, just as an example, if a 10-year-old kid stabs someone to death, should that 10-year-old be tried as an adult? Anyone? What, what, any thoughts? Anyone? Uh, depends. I mean, I remember hearing somewhere that there are these uh, two 10-year-old kids who uh, snuck into this old lady's house and they killed her just to see if they could. Should they be tried as adults? And that's I, 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 I don't know. Um, that That's tough. I mean, uh, the first thing to do before taking in the trial would be to do a psychiatric evaluation. And um, if it turns out that part of it is as they grew up in a shitty household, then my opinion is they should be tried as juveniles and then when they uh get out keep them away from the fucking parents because obviously the parents are doing shit but if it, if it turns out they came from a good household and they're just fucking sociopaths then uh yeah they should be tried as adults okay well then you also bring me into another point that i was gonna bring up you you think they they should be evaluated mm -hmm. and my question now is should the parents to some extent be held responsible for said crimes because of clearly if your kid is out there murdering somebody you failed them as a parent i mean okay if if there's something like legitimately wrong inside the kid's mind you know that you know they're born with some deficiency or i don't want to put it that way but if they're born with some sort of issue in which you know Mental that's imbalance. just yeah then that's not the parent's fault no. but it's still that parent's responsibility to teach them right and wrong regardless if like any sort of disorders or not right and my, my point being like should the parents be held responsible to some extent in that situation yes but still the child should be persecuted to the fullest extent because they're the ones committing the crime and a lot of people like to argue that well you know they don't understand what they're doing i'm like okay that's Definitely not the case. Kids by the age of, I, it's either seven or eight, I think, understand that death is final. Yeah. They understand the finality of death. That and, nine out of, and nine out of ten times, um, I mean, some of these kids that kill people, and they go back to find out that the parents were the most loving parents of ever, and they never thought that, look, look at your Columbine kids. They are somebody, one of the kids that went and killed somebody, their parents were the most loving people ever. I was going to say, I wasn't the Columbine kids because one of the reasons why a lot of people think the Columbine kids did what they did was because their parents were like never home and never paid attention to them. That's a that's a whole different fucking story. Yeah, but that's a whole different topic altogether. <clears throat> the kids that killed kids in Columbine were drove to that by the way they were treated by everyone. Yeah, they, it was still they a cried, crime. They cried out for help numerous times, and everyone just pushed them to the side. And they that built and built and built and built, and they finally lashed out because no one helped them. That is a whole different scenario, you know. Now the kid that now the kid that stabbed somebody thirty six times was another <laughs> kid or wasn't an adult? It, it was just a scenario I made up, but it, it oh, was okay. someone under the age of eighteen. And uh, the scenario I made up was a 10-year-old. If a 10-year-old stabs somebody 32 times or whatever the hell I said, you know, should that 10-year-old be, you know, tried as an adult? Absolutely. I also have to agree. I, I believe. Well, I, do, I don't. You got to look at it from the, side of the, the psychologist's point of view of the, the whole deal of it. As, um, what did, because you, if you look at between when we were growing up and the kids of today are growing up. They're pussies. Well, that, but no, not only that, though. They grow. They're growing up in more of a violent video game. Violent video games has nothing violent. to do with that bullshit. Mm -mm. Well, yeah. it's proven by psychologists, so let's argue with that. Psychologists, I mean, people are full of shit. They're fake doctors. Well, 
<clears throat> you have to go to school for it. As much as I disagree you with that. You have us. to go to school to be a veterinarian. That doesn't mean you're doing something fucking completely legit. <laughs> I uh, I have to disagree with the psychologists or fake doctors. I have to disagree with that. But Ryan, the whole the whole the big hole in, in your theory there is there's evidence from both sides. It it just depends on what evidence you're looking for. It's a very, very, very biased thing. You go video games, I I, I completely well not just video games i didn't just say video games either well, I said I, I'm, as well okay well let, let me um, I'm, I'm agreeing with you and disagreeing with you at the same time video games to me personally are an outlet if i want to smash ryan's face in right now because he has a different opinion than i do even though i'm not that kind of person if i want to smash his skull in and i would just love to do whatever it is i just want to beat his fucking skull in with a ball-peen hammer, and then I go play Assassin's Creed or something, and I get to run around and jump off of buildings and stab people and sword fight and shit, and I get that anger out, or go play COD or whatever and rage at somebody else because they want to be a fucking pussy the way they're playing the game. I no longer want to beat Ryan's skull in. That's gone. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an outlet to me. <clears throat> and also, too, I can remember, I think it's twice within, like, the last year or maybe, like, 18 months where, um... Uh... Grand Theft Auto, of all evil games, was the cause of children saving their families' lives. Because once, I th- it was like, I want to say back in like July of last year, uh, some little girl, I think she was like eight, their uh, family rolled over their vehicle. And she knew that everybody had to get out or else the car was going to blow up. And she pulled her entire family out of the car before the car blew up. Hmm. And she learned this from playing Grand Theft Auto. From fucking playing Grand Theft Auto. See, that's my whole point. But uh, to an extent, I will agree with Ryan on this. We desensitize. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I meant. But the the, 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 the what you just said, the word, huh? <laughs> the word that you just said that has a powerful meaning behind it. Yes, yeah, desensitizes kids because there is a shitload of violence out there. And I, I do think that it does desensitize people, not just kids. You know, we're in our 20s, and I think it desensitizes us to an extent. I, I, I'm, I'm going to just, this, this happened to me quite a few years ago, probably six or seven years ago. I mean, I've seen a lot of violent shit in movies, video games, TV shows. I was coming home from work one day, my grandfather and I, and we come past this accident that had literally just happened happened traffic it had to have happened like right by this light not even not even two minutes not even two minutes before we rolled past there because traffic was backed up and everyone was getting into the other lane there was civilians directing traffic and we rolled we rolled past this accident there was this guy that was walking on the ditch on the side of the road and this car run off the road and hit him and when it hit him it flipped him into the windshield and literally like ripped part of his head off and you could see in the shattered part of their windshield hanging down from the windshield was a piece of, like, skin, part of his, like, skull. There was blood all over the fucking place. And this guy's corpse laying in the ditch. See, I don't care how many violent video games and movies I watch. If I saw something like that in real life, I probably would still be just fucking traumatized and disgusted. I know that's real life. I know that's, like, actually, uh, like, a real person. I mean, to make myself sound like a bitch here, but, like... I couldn't quit picturing it, and, like, I did cry quite a few times from it, because oh, no. it, it was so fucking graphic. <sighs> it was real, and but it, it wasn't as fucked up as shit that I've seen in movies, but because it was in real life, I've seen it in person, less than 10 feet away from me. 
Even I, if I saw a photograph of something like that, it still wouldn't creep me out as much as seeing it in person. There's just something about seeing it in person that no matter how much violent video games or violent movies or whatever you play or watch, it's still going to mess you up. I mean, regardless of being desensitized to a situation, you still know it's wrong. Well, let's just get to the, the whole point of it is, I think, yes, they should be tried as an adult or tried as a, this person because those kids down in Florida that killed that kid and buried his body and put the ashes in all the cups, those kids should have been, those kids knew what they were doing. They planned that shit out to a degree. Like, they knew what they were going to do. See, back to a psychiatrist point of aspect, it's always ever been used as an excuse to try to get off the hook. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, honestly, the last time it was a legitimate case. But there They're are just some, too easy to pay off. Well, there's some kids out there that really are that fucked up in their brain. And this has been another episode of 30 Minutes of Mayhem, and I have been your host. My name is Michael Mayhew, and I have been here with my co-hosts. The one and only Larry, and the fruit that bailed out on us because his boyfriend's Peter was hard, Dale. Also, Greg, not really much else to say, except uh, we were also joined tonight by the one, the only... Ryan Gatt from Cali. We hopefully that Nick uh, had fun with his uh, fifth grade prom and his fifth grade girl. <laughs> it has been fun. Uh, thanks for keeping it real. Uh, Larry, of course, thank you for coming on again. Uh, we hope to have you on. Uh, yeah, again. thank you, Larry. Yes, yes, you have been it quite was, entertaining. It was good. It was good. It was nice having you, Larry. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> In your Christmas hams. Jelly. <laughs> What the fuck? And before you push that stop button, just remember that you can donate down in the description. There's an email address via PayPal. You can donate to us to help us go to VidCon. We would love you long time. Like we are Asian females that are skinny, tiny, got a little nice butt on us, you know. Kind of little titties, but you know, you kind of get over that. And then we'll use our magical hand skills to massage you. Give you happy ending. Love you long time. If you donate and help send us to VidCon, we will love you long time. Also, there is Twitter links in the description. Hit us up on Twitter. Follow us. You got questions. You got topic ideas. You want to be on the show. You want to tell us that you fucking hate our guts. Or if you want to tell Ryan that you want to take him to the bedroom and make him your dirty, dirty, dirty girl. I mean, I I guess you could say that for Nick too, but five-year-olds shouldn't be using Twitter. Later, fellas.